Welcome to the Cathedral of Faith. What a great day to worship the Lord. I'm so glad that you've joined us. I'm Pastor Robert from the Cathedral of Faith in Milpitas. And maybe you are going through something and you need strength today. What might that be? You, maybe you need a breakthrough in your life. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so let's lift up our voice and sing today because there is joy in the house of the Lord today. Let's do it.
Thanks, Pastor Vaughn and the worship team. What a powerful truth we've just declared. Grace is waiting for you. And you are in the right place right now to receive that grace of God. He has the life for you. He has love for you. He has freedom for you. All those things we just declared, that's what God has for you. Well, welcome to Cathedral of Faith. Happy anniversary. This weekend, we celebrate 56 years of God's incredible faithfulness to us. He's been so good, and we're so grateful that 56 years ago, God called Pastor Kenny and Shirley and Ken and Kurt here, and they obediently came, and God called you here. We are who we are, doing what we do because this great family he's placed us in. And one of the things we do often here at Cathedral of Faith through the years to exercise our faith is we stick up our 10 fingers. So go ahead and do that with me, and let me lead you in the 10-finger exercise. Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's do that one more time. Got to get that faith exercised. Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen and amen. God has great days ahead, just like he's given us a great history. Go ahead there, however you're watching on Facebook or online, and in the chat, just put how many years you've been here at Cathedral of Faith. We've been blessed to have such a great history, and we're so blessed to have you here with us. And here to tell us a little bit more about what's coming up this anniversary, here's Kurt. Well, hey, Cathedral of Faith family, happy anniversary. I am so grateful for all of the church family who has been on this amazing journey throughout all these years. Some of them have gone on to heaven and are cheering us on right now. And to those of you who are still on the journey, helping us live out the love of Jesus. You know, I was just one years old when my dad and our whole family came out here from Kansas City. And throughout the years, I would hear my dad say this, powerful truth from this stage. He said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, 
but only God can count the apples in a seed. And if you know it, say it again with me. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. And when I think back to the church family in the 1970s, when we were at our old location at the Faith Temple with about a thousand people, you know, we were just packing the seams and saying, hey, what's next for God? They said, hey, we're gonna take a step of faith and purchase this land and build a 4.5 million cathedral of faith. And they sacrificed, they gave generously, not knowing what God would evidently do. But I'm here to tell you that there's countless stories what God has done through their sacrifice. And one of those stories I'm just gonna share with you is at the heart of Cathedral of Faith and at the heart of God. It's our reaching out food ministry. On that dedication Sunday in March of 1981, my dad shared this powerful prayer with the congregation. He said, Lord, help us to hear the cry that no one else is hearing. Lord, help us to see the hurt that no one else is noticing. Lord, help us to care about those that no one else cares for. And soon after that prayer was prayed, the reaching out ministry was born. Out of a church closet, we'd give out groceries each Sunday to families. Well, soon that ministry began to expand and went to a modular building where we started giving out food from a modular building. And then in 1990, when the recession hit, God spoke to my dad saying, hey, you are not to build another building on campus until we build a building that would take care of the poor. And at that time, there was just the sanctuary building and the learning center. Well, we went to work and built the Reaching Out Center, and it was dedicated in December of 1993. And wow, what has God done throughout all these years? We've served over millions of people who have been blessed through Reaching Out. And through this pandemic alone, We've, it's been mind-boggling what God has done. We've been able to bless people with over $65 million worth of food to our community and actually to make deliveries to those seniors who are shut-ins. Little did that congregation know back in 1975 that their sacrifice, the seed that they would sow, that over the next 40 years that we would be able to give out over $200 million worth of food. Wow, that's a good place to give God praise, amen? You can praise him right there wherever you're at. But how many know that God's not done yet? God is not done yet. He wants to continue to use you. He wants to continue to use me to love those, to serve those who are struggling. And every Christmas season, we give the Cathedral Faith family an opportunity to be a blessing to those who are having difficult times in our community. And this year, we're planning to bless uh, kids of 500 families uh, with toys so they can have a great Christmas. We're gonna bless over 4,000 families with grocery carts full of food, with a, a turkey. And then also this year, we have a special Christmas TV special that we're gonna be airing throughout the Bay Area on Christmas morning at 10 a.m. on Channel 2. So we're excited about what God is gonna do through the church family this Christmas season but we can't do it without you. It's gonna cost $60,000 to help make all this happen. And so if you can, we're asking that you can give online, you can give through the app, you can text Cathedral Faith and just designate special Christmas reaching out offering on your giving. 
Thank you so much to all the church family, whether you give $30 or $3,000 or whatever you can do, we're believing that God's gonna do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. Dr. Wayne. Thanks, Kurt, and thanks so much for your faithfulness, faithfulness of your brother Ken and your mom and dad. It's all those years of their faithfulness and the faithfulness of many of you that's made possible what God's doing right now. And now, you, it's your turn. It's your turn to be faithful. It's your turn to be part. And in this moment as we give, whether we're giving our tithes and offerings, whether we're giving to the special reaching out offering, in this moment, you get to be part of changing the future of this community by you being faithful so that God can be faithful to meet those needs. However way you choose to do that, you can write out a check and mail it to us. You can drop it by the office. We encourage you to be part so that you too can be in on the faithfulness of God in this season. Well, Pastor Ken's coming right now to continue this powerful series of breakthrough because God has a breakthrough for you. Hello, Cathedral family and friends and happy 56th anniversary. What a great way to celebrate here with you in today's service. You know, in this month, we're thinking about the issue of, of breakthrough, how to have a breakthrough prayer. What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What can we learn from the breakthrough prayers that we find in the Bible? Today, I want to look at a breakthrough prayer we find in the Old Testament. It's a man by the name of Nehemiah who prays this prayer. And the whole breakthrough story of Nehemiah, it starts out with a problem. Problems, problems, problems. Our founding pastor, uh, my late uh, father, he, uh, he used to say, he used to say, everybody has a problem, is a problem, or lives with a problem. <laughs> Problems, problems, problems. And today's breakthrough story, it starts out with a problem. Nehemiah works for the king of the Persian Empire. And he's not living in Jerusalem. He lives a long ways from Jerusalem. But he receives a report about the condition of Jerusalem. And we read about that report in Nehemiah chapter 1. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Broken down walls and burned down gates. Now this is about 450 years before the time of Christ. And in that day, if you didn't have a wall around your city... There was no way to protect yourself or defend yourself. It was like living in the old west. Anybody could ride into town anytime they wanted and to take whatever they wanted by force. And so without a wall, you were helpless and hopeless. And Nehemiah hears about this problem. There's a city that needs a wall. Now, some people, when they hear about a problem, that's all they can see. All they can see is the problem. There's this one comic strip where Lucy is talking to Charlie Brown and Lucy says, discouraged again, eh, Charlie Brown? 
You know what your trouble is? The whole trouble with you is that you're you. <laughs> and Charlie says, well, what in the world can I do about that? And Lucy says, I don't pretend to be able to give advice. I merely point out the trouble. You know anybody like that? When they see the problem, they can point to the problem, but that's all they see. But as people of faith, we are, after all, the cathedral of faith. As people of faith, when we see a problem, we know there's a, a purpose that's hidden within that problem. We know that there's a potential that's hidden in that problem. We know that there's a possibility that is hidden in that problem. So let me ask you a question. As you look at your world, look at your world. Where is there a problem that you could turn into a possibility? Where is there an obstacle that you could turn into an opportunity? Where's a stumbling block that you could turn into a stepping stone? See, when you have a problem what that really is, well, it makes you a candidate for a breakthrough. I remember, you know, my, my dad, he was not only a great speaker, but he was a singer and he made several albums. And I, I remember one song that I heard him sing over and over and over. It was a song called Through It All. And in the song, there's a verse. And instead of me telling you the verse, Let's go back in the day and listen to him sing it. If I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. See, if you're facing a problem, that makes you a candidate for a breakthrough. So this breakthrough story, it starts out with a problem. And look at Nehemiah's response to this problem. It's news that moves him. We read in Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah says, when I heard this about the people of Jerusalem and about the wall, I sat down and cried. Another translation says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned. In Nehemiah chapter one, verse four, it says, another translation, when I heard this, I sat down and cried. In fact, I refused to eat for several days. 
Has something like that ever happened to you? Where a burden just wrecks you. It just wrecks you with compassion. I remember several years ago, my wife and I, my wife and I, we've been married for 38 years. I sure did marry up. Did somebody just say amen? Well, we were out on a date several years ago. I, I, it took me a while to find out, but I actually discovered that you can take your wife out on a date. And so we went out on a date and we're having dinner up in the city. And after dinner, we go and we're listening to some music and we're enjoying the music. And right in the middle of enjoying the music, something so strange happened to me. It was like the whole room changed in that moment. And God gave me a piece of his heart. He helped me to see the people the way he saw them. To feel about them the way he felt about them. Boy, God just wrecked me with compassion for the people in the room. How much they mattered to God. See, God in that moment was breaking my heart in a bigger way for the Bay Area. I just couldn't get away from it. There was a discontent in my spirit. And once I was moved in here, well, then it moved me out here. And we began to, to pray and think about how we could be an even better steward with, with what God had blessed us with here at Cathedral of Faith and have an enlarged impact for the kingdom in the Bay Area. And that's why today, Boy, as we celebrate 56 years, we don't just celebrate at one site. We celebrate with several sites, Milpitas and Cathedral Gilroy and Cathedral Morgan Hill and Cathedral in Spanish and Cathedral Online and Cathedral in the Philippines. One church in many locations celebrating the goodness of God to Cathedral. As a matter of fact, there's other churches in the Bay Area that are being led by people who were born and bred right here at Cathedral. When God wrecks your heart. So let me ask you a question. Where has God broken your heart? Where have you shed some tears lately? Maybe it's tears over a child who's lost their way or over a marriage that's on the rocks or over a friend who's been diagnosed with cancer or over the division that's so prevalent in our community. What what I've discovered is before there's a breakthrough out here, there often has to be a breakthrough in here. Where God breaks through my apathy and God breaks my heart with compassion and creates in me a holy discontent. A discontent that moves me to say, I will not sit on the sidelines and watch this happen under my watch. We have to have breakthrough. We must have breakthrough. And we begin to cry. We cry out to God for breakthrough. Florence Nightingale, who was the founder of modern nursing, 
She was a very committed follower of Jesus. And she once said this. She said, were there none who were discontented? Uh, she, I'm sorry. Were there none who were discontented with what they have? The world would never reach anything better. A holy discontent that moves you. That's what happens to Nehemiah. He hears about the problem. He's moved with compassion. And that compassion leads him to action. And what is his first action item? In Nehemiah chapter 1, we read, When I heard this about the people of Jerusalem and about the wall, I sat down and cried. I was very sad. And then what does he do? I fasted and prayed to the God of heaven for several days. I fasted and prayed. He prayed. Prayer was his first resort. He would do more than pray, but everything starts with prayer. And so prayer was his first resort. Now, Nehemiah is a mover and shaker. As you follow his story, you'll find that well, he becomes a general contractor who well, organizes the construction of the wall and the gates and finishes the project you know, under budget and on time. He's the guy you want remodeling your house. He's a man of action. But before he does anything, the first thing he does is pray because everything starts with prayer. And I was thinking, what if we took our cue from this man in the Bible, instead of using prayer as our last resort. We've done everything else we can. We might as well pray. What if we made prayer our first report, our first resort? That we prayed before we went into the interview. Or we prayed before we put an offer on the home. Or we prayed before we have that sit down with our child. Or we pray before we brainstorm about a problem. You know, I, I saw this one lady who prayed at the start of the day. And she said, dear Lord, I pray for wisdom to understand my man. Love to forgive him and patience for his moods. Because Lord, if I pray for strength, I will beat him to death. <laughs> Oh, Oswald Chambers in his great classic, My Utmost for His Highest, said, we tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Prayer is our first resort. And notice that the first thing he prays about well, he focuses on God and on the nature of God instead of the nature of his need. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5, he starts off his prayer this way. O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. He starts by focusing on God and the nature of God. And this is the right way to start your prayer. It seems like there's two ways you can look at your circumstances 
and you can look at God. You can either look at God through your circumstances. And in that case, your circumstances can look very big and your God can look very small. On the other hand, you can look at your circumstances through God. And in that case, no matter how great your circumstances are compared to God, are you kidding me? And maybe that's why Jesus taught us to pray. He said, don't start out with your need. Start out with your God, our Father who art in heaven. Or more literally, our Father in the heavens. Go to the edge of the atmosphere. To the edge of our galaxy. To the edge of our universe. And there is our God. Our God who rules the heavens. Our God who fills the heavens. Next time... You're facing a very big mountain and maybe that's where you're at right now. You have a very big mountain in front of you. I encourage you, walk outside, look at the Santa Cruz Mountains and then lift your eyes and look at the vastness of the sky that stretches this way and that way and up and know that no matter how great that mountain is, your God is greater still. Nehemiah, he hears about a problem. It moves him to compassion. And that compassion moves him to prayer. And that prayer, I encourage you to read it on your own this week. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 1. In that prayer, you see so many powerful things. There's worship, there's confession, there's humility, there's boldness. But what is it exactly that Nehemiah prays about? Well, Nehemiah prays about favor. He needs favor with the king. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, we read, O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Nehemiah needs favor with the king. He works with the king. If the walls are going to be rebuilt, he needs the favor of the king. Now the king is an unbeliever, but Nehemiah believes that the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. And so Nehemiah is going to ask for a favor from the king and don't miss how big of an ask this really is. Because the king is the one who had made it his policy. Jerusalem shouldn't rebuild their walls. They shouldn't rebuild their gates. Because if they did and they rebelled against him, it would cause him a headache. So let the city remain in shambles. So let it be written. So let it be done. That was his policy. For him to reverse that, it would be like the Raiders reversing course and moving back to Oakland from Vegas. For him to reverse that, it would be like Tesla reversing their course and starting to build, well, gas-powered engines. 
I mean, that's going to happen when hell freezes over, right? Well, for the king to reverse his course, the only way that's going to happen is when hell freezes over. You better get your jacket. Because when Nehemiah goes in to talk to the king and he makes this big ask, king, I want to go to Jerusalem and I want to rebuild that city. The king grants him favor. Never underestimate the power of prayer. And then Nehemiah turns into, well, his version of Columbo. <laughs> and he says, King, I thank you so much. Uh, but there's just one more thing. One more thing. He said, uh, you know, I don't have an army, but you do. And could you give me protection on my way to the city? And he finds favor again. And he says, King, thank you so much. I just have one more thing. Just one more thing. I don't have money to build the wall, but you do. And could you provide the resources I need to rebuild the wall? Now, this is a very, Nehemiah, you've stepped across the line. You're asking the king for bling. And yet, once again, Nehemiah finds favor. And when Nehemiah is telling the people later on, about what had happened, he says, I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. The heart of the king was indeed in the hand of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Where do you need favor in your life. Nothing's too hard for God. Where do you need favor? At home, at work, at school? The blessing of God, the favor of God makes all the difference. All the difference. Before my dad uh, moved our family here to San Jose, he pastored in Kansas City. He'd started the church in Kansas City and the the church had grown. It was a thriving church. One of the largest churches in the Midwest. And when the opportunity moved, uh, opened up for him to come to San Jose, well, some of his friends told him, they said, Kenny, don't go to California. The Bay Area is a graveyard for churches. Even back then, the, grave, the Bay Area was a graveyard for churches and you'll never have success there. But my dad, in his spirit, he believed that God was giving him the nudge to come to San Jose. And so his prayer was this, God, I will go wherever you send me. Just please, God, don't take your blessing from me. Don't take your hand from me. As long as I have your blessing and your hand is upon me, that's what I need. And my dad moved to San Jose and God did give him favor. And looking back over these 56 years, look at what the Lord has done. To him be the glory and to him be the honor. The favor of God makes all the difference. It does. Where do you need favor in your life? I'm believing that God is going to give you favor during this season of breakthrough. 
Because the journey at Cathedral, in some ways, it really has been a flow of favor, a journey of favor. I mean, over all these years, it started, well, I think about our dedication prayer back in 1981, when we dedicated this building that I'm standing in right now. The prayer of dedication, well, let's go back and revisit that moment. And my prayer for this new ministries, Father, help us to care about people nobody else cares about. Help us to hear the cries of those nobody else is hearing and help us to see the hurts that nobody else is noticing. That's my new prayer for this new ministry. Help us to hear the cries. I mean, that has been the fuel of the cathedral engine for all of these years. And God has answered that prayer over and over and over. Way above beyond what we could ask or imagine. And it seems like God is answering that prayer again. And taking us to a whole new level as a church family. Because the biggest cry in our community right now is a cry for affordable housing. I was reading an article recently um, in the news and they were quoting a study that was done by the joint venture of Silicon Valley. And in the study, they found that 56% of Bay Area residents are uh, intending to move within the next few years out of the area. And 84% of those 56% say the number one need is housing. The number one reason is housing, affordable housing. The biggest cry in our community right now is affordable housing. Now on our 35th anniversary, many years ago, my dad talked about a dream that we had, a dream to build affordable housing right here on site for seniors in our community where they could grow old, where they grew up. And as we moved toward that dream, we talk about a wall. We ran into a wall and it looked like that dream was dead and was buried. And yet when there's been a death, you never know. Resurrection could be right around the corner. And in the year 2020, of all places in the middle of the pandemic, God brought that dream back to life. And our paths crossed, they just happened to cross with uh, one of the top developers in the Bay Area. Him and his wife are strong people of faith. And God gave us favor with them. And then God has given us favor with the city. So far, we've been given favor with the city. And if the favor continues, 
watch out. Watch out, San Jose. Cathedral's going to have, well, Google's going to have their village, but Cathedral is going to have our village. (laughs) Now, it's still in the imagineering process, but dream with me just a bit about a campus where there are 240 affordable housing units where seniors and families can live in a beautiful, safe, and secure space. Where kids and grandkids can can attend an expanded UPA campus to follow their dreams, pursue everything that God has for their lives. Where they can serve at an expanded reaching out, doubling the capacity of our current reaching out program so that we can step up in an even bigger way and meet the poverty pandemic in our community. Or a 450-seat amphitheater that you can attend a concert at because we've learned the value of outdoor spaces over the last couple of years. Or picking up a cup of coffee or a culinary delight at, a, at our cathedral cafe because every village has to have a cafe. Or shopping at, at our thrift store here at Cathedral of Faith. Not only do people get a second chance, but our clothes are going to get a second chance too. Or stepping into an immersive environment in a re- renovated chapel. An environment during the Christmas and Easter seasons will turn your hearts in an amazing way toward the goodness of our God. Or receiving one of the products, faith building products, that our new digital studio will be able to create. Knowing how important it has is to have more and more online resources. Boy, God is doing something magnificent here at Cathedral of Faith. And at the end of the day, all of it being debt free to the glory of God. Let that get in your spirit. Here at Cathedral, we don't want to be the best church in the community. We really want to be the best church for the community. The kind of church that's continuing to hear The cries. Cathedral of Faith, after 56 years, we're not finished. We're just getting started. With the blessing of God and the favor of God, he can do more in our church and in your life than we could ever ask or imagine. I want to speak God's favor over you even in this moment. God, I pray for favor upon the Cathedral of Faith family. Lord, I pray for favor on our church. We're grateful for all of the favor that you have given to us in the past. We recognize that it has been the result. Cathedral of Faith and the ministry has been the result of your blessing and your favor upon this place. To you be all the honor and glory. And God, I pray that that favor would be on our cathedral family and friends, wherever they need favor, that that favor would come and bring breakthrough in their lives today in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. Amen and amen.
Well, here comes the Pastor Vaughn and our team. What well, a build your faith with a great song. Yes, he can. Sometimes I wonder, is he faithful? Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question if he's able. Can he rescue? Can he save me again and again? But when I look back, uh, Those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten and I've fallen Too far from his hands But I know what kind of God he is And I'm trusting in his promises I'm believing and I'm singing Yes, he Yes, he can. Well, I hope faith is starting to build in your hearts. We're praying for you this month that God is going to give you the breakthrough that you need. You know, we'd love to hear from you. We love our online community. And, and thanks for joining with us every week. We've got resources online, ways for you to stay connected online. And so make sure we stay connected. Even though it's digitally, we want to stay connected with you. Don't forget, right after service, uh, there's the, uh, you know, the wrap. It's a great way to take the message deeper and further. 
And I'm believing that God's favor is gonna be on you this week. In fact, let me speak the blessing of God over you before we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Cathedral of Faith. It's our anniversary weekend, and we are so blessed for our community to celebrate 56 years here at Cathedral. We're so happy for you to join us. We have so many awesome friends here. We have Steve, Marlene, and Abe, and we're going to unpack. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna unpack Pastor Ken's amazing message on breakthrough. We're here to pray with you on this journey of your breakthrough because we know it's just around the corner. And there were so many good nuggets that Pastor Ken touched on. So Steve. What's up? Oh man, there's a lot to unload. This was so such a bomb to 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 drop, you know. And (laughs) I think the one of the main parts that spoke to me was the mountain, you know, moving those mountains. And you know, the funniest thing is thinking about how when I was young and I was little, and I'd walk out my house, and you know, I'd look at that mountain, I'd look at the mountains, and I and I'd be like, God, I have that faith. You know, and I just sit there and I just try to move it. You know, I try to try to move it, and then you know, you catch me outside with you know, like my my measuring tape. You know, like, all right, you know, where where is it moving? God, is is it moving? <laughs> you know, you think about that, and it's it's you, like when you realize that those mountains, you know, aren't actually the ones that you see on the land. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the ones that are in your heart and in right. your mind. Yeah. You know, you come to realize that you know that faith you had you know, actually works in those situations. And you think about how, oh my goodness, you know, I can overcome this. Yeah. I can overcome this, this problem, problem you know, which problems. are the, the problems, mountains <laughs> right. of depression and yes. suicide, you know, anything like that. Right, right. You know, that faith that you knew you had is actually something that, something that can move that mountain. Yes. And that was super powerful. <laughs> yeah. Little Steve. Yeah, right. little. <laughs> With God's right power. You got to do the shake. <laughs> 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 then it moves extra fast. <laughs> Marlene? Um, for me, I think, um, and I had heard it before, is going to pray, resulting to prayer, r- rather as a last resort, mm-hmm. as a first resort. So I think that whenever, like Pastor said, well, we've done everything else, now we can only pray. But rather thinking of prayer as the first thing that you do, because the power of prayer, it can move mountains, right? 100%. And and we are just so conditioned to wanting to have results that are immediate, results that take 30 seconds. Um, everything's microwavable and our culture just fast, fast, fast. Yes. But yeah, it's so true. We want instant results, but we have to think about the fact that when we're praying, we're sowing seeds and the Lord has a time, a purpose, a season for everything. And sometimes we will get immediate results, but at others, it will be in the Lord's time. So I think going through that process and that growth, um, sometimes it is hard. Yeah. Oh, and also... Man. As our great pastor said, delays are not denials. That's Amen. true. Yes. Keeping in the wow. theme of uh, 56 years <laughs> yes. here at That's Cathedral. Right. Delays are not denials. And I think even just starting with a prayer before you're going into an interview or right. going to right. do something big yeah. or not even something big, like just driving, like it just sets you up in the mindset that God is with you and your faith is what connects you guys. So starting with a prayer is always it. It's always yes. it. Right. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. Absolutely. Well, 
you know, just hearing the word problems, just hearing that word, it scares a lot of people. Problems, holy moly, right? <laughs> right? But, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing to go through it. It's easier to say it after you, you've been through it, right? It's like, oh, I got through that. But, you know, you, God makes you stronger as you go through that problem. Yeah. You know, you find God at a different level, at that secret place that you didn't know existed. It's like, wow, there's a secret place where I can go to God and say, hey, look, God, this is what is going on right now. So problems are great because the, the word of God says, I'll take you to the water. I'll take you through, through the fire. And you're going to come out not drowning. You're going to come out looking all right, not burnt. And you're going to be greater than you were a few minutes ago or a few days ago. So trust in God and we're going to be good, right? Well, so, I'm yes. going to remind you of that when we're uh, going no, through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's going to pull the clip over. Do, do that. Run it back. <laughs> yeah, true. because you're going to be shaking your head. So 100%. You know, like you said. God, God definitely shows up through those trials. And, and you know, you think about how, how you know that God has showed up for you every time. You know, you've gone through something and he shows up every single time. So why not, you know, going forward, think about, I know God's going to show up. You know, why am yes. I afraid to fall? Why am I afraid to, to do that thing that I want to do or go get that job or, or just make that first step when I know that God is actually going to take that? God has already won that battle. God has already yes. done. Why shall my heart fear right. what God has right. already one. It's true. Right. I mean, the greatest miracles we've seen, it's because there was a problem, right? I mean, right. when Moses was in front of the Red Sea and the Lord parted the sea, well, it wouldn't have happened had they not had that big, huge problem. Oh, we're yes. going to get killed, yes. right? right? So there does need to be a problem, uh, some sort of a trial in order for there to be a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. But we have to remind ourselves that God does show up, like you said. And whenever our problem is super, super big or we feel that it's ginormous, then the Lord's answer will be even bigger. Yes. Right. And you know, when oh you said, when, yes. when you said Ooh, that, you know, people want, you know, those answers right away. You right. Know, and a great man told me once that he said that, you know, people usually, you know, will ask God for a sign. They'll be like, you know, God, <laughs> send a tornado, send a, a hurricane, <laughs> you know, let show me something. And, right. you know, he said that, you know, sometimes maybe God just wants you to just be quiet and be still and just be able to hear what you, what he has to say or where he wants you to move. And it's, you know, it's yeah, funny. there is just this power in just allowing being still and silence and allowing God to work you know like when your mom when you're in trouble and your mom looks at you and she doesn't say anything but she just gives <laughs> you that glare. look and it's <laughs> silence and yeah. you know you go oh my gosh I am in trouble but in silence is worse than mm -hmm. so right. just being still and allowing God to do his God. It freaks thing. us out, you know. My credit credit score goes down three points, and I'm already like, ah, why? <laughs> Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the struggle. God will uh, double it, <laughs> and next time you'll get six points up. Yeah, there we go. It's the process, the process of building it. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything's a process. Definitely. The one that. Uh, stuck out to me the most was look at your circumstances through God and don't look at your circumstances first. Like, right. look at God, then your circumstances. Right. Because right. I'm very much like a panic person. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening, this is happening, this panic is happening. Button. And then I'm like, God. Right. <laughs> but it has to be the opposite. Like, right. God, yeah. this is happening, this right. is happening, this is happening. Yeah. So it's just 
A great reminder, Pastor Ken is so good at illustrating just the key points of how we should live our lives every day. Uh, a daily reminder to just not look at, even small problems get to me too, just like, right. oh, I forgot to get gas this morning. It's now I'm going to be five things. minutes. Yes, yeah, the everyday things yeah. that just add up. But I should be, thank you, God, that my car is running right. in yes. order to get gas for me to be at or a job. Or that we have gas. Yes. Right. It's just those things we have to remind ourselves daily at the immense blessings that God has given us. Because if we bypass all those things, then what are we living for? You yeah. know, like right. if we don't look at the small blessings that add up to this great big life we live, we'll then what are we living? Yes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. God wants us to relate to him. He is relatable, mm -hmm. relatable. He does care about the everyday small things. Sometimes we think that, okay, he's too busy for our small problems, mm -hmm. but the Lord wants to be part of our everyday lives. You know, the small problems, the small hiccups that we run through along the way, or, oh my gosh, I forgot to do this. What am I going to do? And the Lord can redeem time. The Lord can redeem our lives in that yes. sense of he's in control of everything. So mm -hmm. we allow, if we allow him to be part of our every small things, and we see him in our everyday lives, yes. and we forget about that. Nothing yeah. is too big for him. Yeah, no, right. nothing is too big. So we're going to go to our scripture, Nehemiah 111. Oh Lord, please hear my prayers. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorite to me, favorable to me, and uh, put it in his heart to be kind to me. So just know that God is with you. He is waiting for your breakthrough. That's right. Actually, yeah. We're not waiting. It's in God's time. Yeah. Let's, let's take that back. God's time <laughs> yes. is right. your breakthroughs right around the corner, and we're believing it. Um, thank you so much for joining us for our anniversary month here at Cathedral, 56 yes. years. For the next couple weeks, we're not going to be having the wrap, but please get connected on our Facebook, our Instagrams. We post a bunch of um, past good highlights of the wrap, and we would love to see you there. So please join us. And as we always say here at Cathedral and at the wrap, it's, it's a wrap!